Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. We believe that this message is going to open up the seals and cause you to have a deeper revelation into the Word of God that will make you see beyond the letters in the Word. Here is Dr. David. The peace that passes all understanding. Uh, I will probably try today to end this so that we can probably pick up on something else. The peace of all understanding. And our text is still Philippians 4 verse number 7. Philippians 4 verse number 7. And yeah, the Bible says, And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your heart and mind to Christ Jesus Christ. Now, let's go back to verse 6, so that you can connect to the end. Verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God. Is that okay? Right. In other words, circumstances may be so terrible and rough, but there is something that you can do to calm the situation. And what is that supposed to mean? By prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God. Be anxious for nothing. Don't live under anxiety. Don't live without stress. Don't whatever it is. Don't allow anything to bring you into subjection to the spirit of anxiety that can probably even drag you into the realm of depression. He said, with all of those things, there is one thing you can do. Don't live under anxiety, but do what? With prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the God of peace. Hallelujah. So that's the connection. The God of peace. Uh, will grant unto you the peace that passes all what? Understanding. He will bring it to you. And then when the peace comes to your heart, in the midst of that situation, you see yourself very calm and relaxed. Very calm and relaxed. As a matter of fact, if we understand this principle, and what God is saying here, we definitely can live our life without anxiety, without any of those things that actually troubles us often and often again. You know, the life is full of so much trouble and obstacles that we find it difficult to really accommodate most of the things that come to us. But this simple principle here will definitely guarantee you peace in the midst of storm. Hallelujah. I know, remember we said that before in Isaiah 53, that the Bible made us to understand that the chastisement of our peace were laid upon him. By implication, a reason of his death, we are supposed to have peace. By his stripe we are healed, by the chastisement of our peace. In other words, the punishment that we ought to have received by reason of what we should have done or what we ought not have done, as the case may be, all of those punishments were laid on him so that we can have the peace that passes our understanding. Praise the Lord. Alright, so, but we've been discussing obstacles to this peace because we know it's already available. The question we answer ourselves, why is it that we don't have the peace that we're supposed to have? Why is it that we're always very angry, very frustrated? I mean, why is it so? That's the question we've been asking ourselves. And we're trying to give out one or two reasons why we live the way we live. One of them we mentioned extensively last week as we're discussing with the issue of anger. I mean, if you remember that, right? There's one, one terrible spirit that makes it difficult for us to have the peace that God has given unto us. And the Bible tells us something anyway. That the anger of man does not work out the righteousness of God. You see? 
The way you judge situation is not exactly the way God judges that situation. And that is something we don't understand. Praise the living God. Amen? Alright, so it's important that you realize that you are not supposed to be living in anger or allow anger to control or dictate to you what's supposed to be an answer to any particular situation. It's something you need to avoid because it does not produce the righteousness of God and in so doing, you miss the peace of God. That passes all understanding. The second thing I want to share with us this morning is your heart. We mentioned the last week briefly, but let's look at the book of Proverbs 14, verse 30. Proverbs 14, verse 30, the Bible tells us something here, which is very important. Uh, and it says, A sound heart is a life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Can we take it from the Amplified Translation? A calm and undisturbed mind at heart are the life and health of the body. But envy, jealousy, and wrath are like rottenness of the bones. This is part of what I said last week. Why it is possible for you to suffer from cancer of the bones. When the bone is rotten, that to me is cancer of the bones. What results to that? Simple spirits. What is that? Envy. What again? Jealousy. What again? Wrath, which is anger, as a matter of fact. All this thing produces weakness in your bone system. Now, why is this so? Guess what? It is in your bone marrow that your life is formed, which is the blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So if your bone marrows are not functioning because of this, of course, your body will definitely degenerate into a form of sickness, whatever the case may be. Are you listening to me? So, a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. So if you are peace, you should be at health. You will have health, you will live in health if you are peace in your mind. At all times, with yourself, with people, with all situations, God intends you to be at peace. That's what he's saying. Praise the living God. A calm and undisturbed mind and heart are the life and health of the body. But, what again? Envy, jealousy, rot, which is anger, are what? The rottenness of the body, of the bones. So now you understand this. What takes the peace of God away from you is what? Envy. Talk with me. What again? Jealousy and what? Rot, which is anger. They take away the peace of God from your life. And so the next thing that happens is your bones are affected because you don't have peace. And now your bones begin to degenerate. Why? Because life of the flesh is in the blood and the blood is formed in the marrow of every bone. Your bones is the seat of the blood formation in your life. Are you there with me? Now have you read the scripture that says the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing and sunder the soul and spirit are reaching down to the marrow. Have you read that? Hebrews. Okay. 
What then is the world going to do in your marrow? Why is the world locating your marrow? <laughs> Hallelujah. The world said life, I mean, the word of God is life and spirit. I mean, if you remember that, very good. So if it goes to your marrow, I always say this, it's going there to change your bloodstream. That is why I also do believe that you can't suffer from a generational cause because the blood that is in your system has already been regenerated by what? The life of God. Why is the world going to your marrow? To do what? So if you say you have blood connection with anybody, you're born again, and the world comes into your marrow, what happens is changing your blood. Amen? We have sickness that is called sickle cell anemia. Remember that? That's a type of blood. And what normally people do, they drain the blood and infuse another blood, isn't it? Right. So that's what the world does when it gets down to your marrow. It's a transfusion of God's own blood and sucking away the blood of your parents, if you will. So you can't suffer from a generational cause. I don't believe that. Praise the living God. So what am I saying? If your bone is not rotten, then you're going to have life in your body. That's what he's saying. A calm and undiluted mind and heart are the life and health of the body. So you can avoid sudden sicknesses just being calm in your mind and in your heart. Are you there with me? You can avoid sudden sicknesses. Certain things that attacks you, you know. You see, most of what we call demons are actually some of the things we created. By and through the spirits. Is that okay? Right. For instance, if you get so much sorrowful in your spirit, you think melancholious all the time. What do you think happens to you? You go into depression. So when you go into depression, what, what's the next thing we try to say? A demon have attacked us. No, it's not a demon. It's our thought pattern. If a demon ever thinks of attacking you in that realm, it's only ticking, picking you vibration of your mind and working on it. But you create the door for that demon to come in, for you to get depressed. Otherwise, it's not a demon. It's a thinking pattern. It's your attitude. It's your mindset. It's your feelings. That leads to all of that. Are we together? Praise the Lord. It came and undisturbed mind. So the question I'm asking you is, how undisturbed or calm is your mind? How is it? Because that's where the onus lies. How calm is your mind? In situations, how undisturbed is your spirit? In circumstances, how undisturbed is it? Praise the Lord. So this is one of the reasons why we don't have the peace of God. The sign out is the life of the flesh. The healthy state of the blood and the proper circulation of that stream of life is a grand cause, you know, in the hand of God of health and longevity. You want to live long, you got to be calm. You want to live long, you got to be at peace with yourself. By implication, if you're living in envy, jealousy, rot, quarreling all the time, you shorten the lifespan of your life. Not the devil. 
Are you sitting there with me? You're just cutting some years off your life by allowing those spirits to work in your life. And that's what God is saying to us. That he will give us the peace that passes all understanding so that we can live long. And to do that, we've got to avoid all of this spirit of anger, of jealousy, you know, of envy. You don't have the people. You don't have to be unnecessarily jealous of anybody. No. Hallelujah. You got to live long. If only you can come up with this understanding that I'm talking about. Amen. Okay. Go with me to the book of Psalm 37 and verse number 37. Psalm 37 verse number 37. Make peace. In other words, make the perfect man, mark the perfect man, mark him and behold the upright for the end of that man is what? Peace. Can we take this for amplified translation? Mark the blameless man and behold the upright for there is a happy end for the man of peace. Now, connect this to what we just read in the book of Proverbs. No envy, no jealousy, no wrath. Are you following what I'm saying now? He's calm. The perfect mind is the man that is calm. The perfect mind is the man that is not disturbed in his spirit. The perfect mind is the man that can walk with all men and live with all men. Are you following what I'm talking about? That the end of such life is what? Peace. Absolute peace. Absolute peace. Praise the living God. And I want you to get this. Mark the person. What he's trying to say is this. If you really want to see somebody who has peace, it's going to be man that is blameless. Take it from maybe any other simpler translation. Let's see. And then you understand what I'm saying perfectly well. Notice good people. Observe the righteous. Peaceful people have descendants. Is that okay? Are you still there with me? This good news translation. You better watch these people. So the Bible refers to some people as good people. Who are the good people? Men who are calm in their spirit. Men who can go along with almost everybody. Men who are not jealous. Men who are not envious. They just know that it's life. I mean, it belongs to God. And they are here for a purpose. Just like the son was sharing with us. We're here to reveal life and nothing more. Anything that wants to distract us from that. That brings us to the place of depression, anxiety and anger. We just need to avoid it. Those are the things that makes it impossible for us. To have the peace of God in our life. And the Bible is telling us. Good people, they live long. They have descendants. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you still there? Okay. I want to share another thing that makes it difficult for you to have peace. And that is betrayal. <laughs> Go with me to the book of Psalm 41 verse number 9. Psalm 41 verse number 9. Yea, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted with the eat of my bread, had lifted up his heel against me. Hallelujah. Now, if you look at this in the book of Hebrews, that word mine is actually, I mean the Hebrew, 
original. He's actually the man of my peace. The man of my peace have lifted up his heel against me. By implication, he has betrayed me. The man of my peace. Have you been betrayed before? This is the thing that takes away your peace. How can that sister do this to me? How can that brother do this to me? How can my wife do this to me? Are you listening to me? The, you see, those who truly betrays you and injures your mind most are your closest people. Are you listening to me? I can't believe that she did that to me. I can't believe when you start all of that, your peace is evaporated. Betrayer. So, you must learn how to handle betrayer. To know that it's nothing new under the sun. Are you sitting there with me? Hallelujah. <laughs> I was counseling with a lady early this year. She really wants to go commit suicide. What was it? She felt the man she was to marry betrayed her. In fact, they've gone to the extent the man was packed into a new place. She was well responsible in cleaning out the place, washing, doing everything. They were to shift in. After all that, the man started shifting ground. And she was only told after about two weeks thereabout that the man was getting married to somebody else. She literally wanted to commit suicide. I started talking with her. She felt so betrayed. And he says, I don't understand. I washed the house that this man packed to. I will tell you how close we were. I say, yes. It makes no difference. Your life is your life. Your life is not in his hand. If you choose to die, it makes no difference to him. He's still going to live his life. In fact, he's not going to think anything about you. You are gone, you are gone. Hallelujah. My own familiar friend. Those who don't know you can betray you. Are you sitting there with me? Those who don't know you will never be able to betray you. How are they going to betray you? Because number one, you don't have any trust in them. You have no relationship with them. There's nothing in common with both of you. So the only people that can betray you are your closest people. So if you don't know how to handle betrayer, I'm sorry, you are not going to have peace. If Jesus was betrayed, why do you think you can be betrayed? <laughs> Even when Jesus was betrayed, do you know what he told Judas Iscariot? He said, my friend, that which you do, do quickly. <laughs> he still called him his friend. Sometimes betrayers bring you to the place of promotion. You may not understand that. Are you sitting there with me? Betrayer is a form of promotion to you, but when you don't understand it, it damages your life. How did I say that? Most time women promote you, your name comes up. Most time women reject you, your name comes up because they are talking to somebody about you who doesn't know about you before. Are you sitting there with me? 
So betrayer indirectly promotes you, but you don't know about it. That is why you go get mad because you're betrayed. People who don't know anything about you, you find that those who betray you, they go to them to talk. Is that okay? Jesus was betrayed. What did he do? He called the betrayer his friend. And this partly what the scripture is saying here. My own friend, we're going to eat together. So I repeat this to you. The man you don't know is not going to betray you. The man you are not familiar with is not going to betray you. The man who doesn't know your secret is not going to betray you. The question now is, how do you handle the betrayer when it happens? Hallelujah. Jesus called Judas my friend. And I used to say this sometimes people find it difficult for them, I mean for them to comprehend what I'm saying. Is it what Jesus did? I mean if you understand that <laughs> should I even say this? But I mean if you understand that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God. Huh? Good. Now, how would the Lamb be offered without first being sacrificed by the priest? He played the role of a priest in betraying Jesus. To further the cause for which purpose he came to the earth. Let me tell you something. You see, Judah died in ignorance. Ask me why. Jesus told Peter he was going to betray him. But deny him. That was a betrayer. And Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times. So how many times did Judas deny Jesus? Once. Why is it that Peter did not go and commit suicide? Because he looked on Jesus and repented and was forgiven. But Judas went and repented towards the priest. There are power to forgive you. It's not the one you hurt. You should have gone back to Jesus. Unpardonable sin maybe. <laughs> Did you understand what I'm talking about? He repented towards the priest. No, he should have repented toward Jesus and he will be saved. Let me answer this question. If Jesus, Judah had not betrayed Jesus, would he have been able to do it? And if you don't betray Jesus, will he go to the cross? And if you never go to the cross, will your sins be forgiven? <laughs> Are you sitting there with me? So he died in ignorance. Anyway, that's not what I'm dealing with. That's a different subject entirely. But I'm trying to make you understand is that the closest person to you is the only man that can betray you. So how do you handle betrayer? Go with me again to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah 9 verse number 1. There's Jeremiah talking here. I want you to look at the language of Jeremiah. We're going to read up to. Uh, let's read up to verse number 6. Oh, that my hair that wear waters, and my eyes the fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. Oh, that I had in the wilderness a lodging place of wayfaring men, that I might leave my people and go from them, for they be all adulterers and assembly of treacherous men. Notice that. To be treacherous means to be crafty. To be treacherous means to be a deceiver. To be treacherous means to be a betrayer. 
I wish you can go to the desert or hide. I wish you can go away from people. You are not going to go anywhere. You are going to live among people who are going to betray you every day. If you like, cry your head out. As long as you live in the midst of people, expect betrayal to come. Look at the next thing. And they bend their tongues like their bow for lies, but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. For they proceed from evil to evil, and they know not me, say the Lord. Take your heed, everyone of his neighbor, and trust ye not in any brother. For everybody we utterly supplant, where is that betrayer? And every neighbor will walk with what? Slanders. To slander who? You. We're talking about neighbors. Hallelujah. What's the next verse? And they will deceive everyone his neighbor and will not speak the truth. They have turned their tongue to speak lies and weary themselves to commit what? Iniquity. They are not going to allow you live out the peace that you think you want to live out. Neighbors are betrayers. Neighbors are deceivers. Be wary. Let's read it from the message translation. Message translation. Jeremiah 9 verse number 1. I wish my head were a well of water and my eyes panting of tears so I could weep day and night for casualties among my dear, dear people. At times I wish I had a wilderness heart. You know what I'm saying now? Okay. A backwood cabin where I could get away from my people and never see them again. They are a faithless, faithless bunch. A congregation of degenerates. Now, let me tell you something. Jeremiah is saying all this, using all these languages because of the way he felt or his feeling. I don't know if I get in this. Because of the way he's feeling. Because of the attitude of people. And this is what happens to you. When you start feeling betrayed, you start using languages that ordinarily you are not supposed to use. Are you following me? Look at the next thing. Your tongue shoots out lies like a bow shoots the arrows. A mighty army of liars, the swamp enemy of truth. They advance from one evil to the next. Ignorant of me, God decrees. And he says, be wary of every long time neighbors. Don't even trust your neighbor, I mean your grandmother. <laughs> brother schemes against brother like old cheating Jacob. Friends against friends spread malicious word gossips. Don't even trust your own grandmother. <laughs> Glory to God. Did you see that? I'll take it again. That said, how close those who betray you are supposed to be. Did you see that? Don't even trust your grandmother. Hallelujah. Okay, go to verse 5. Verse 5 says, Never gives neighbors. Never telling the truth. They've trained their tongues to tell lies. And now they can tell the truth. And verse 6 says, The pie wrong upon wrong. Stark lies upon lies, 
and refuse to know me, God says. Hallelujah. So, what am I trying to make you see here? One of the things that destroys your peace, that you're going to check, is what? Betrayal. And as long as you're living among human beings, you are not going to be able to avoid that. Is that okay? So if you allow the spirit of betrayal, all that you hear, you see, one of the safest things to do to keep your spirit is never to allow yourself to hear so much about what people say about you. Is that okay? One of the ways by which you can keep your calm is to try to avoid hearing all that people say about you all the time. If you keep your ears to the ground, a bunny, so that you hear every gossip about you, every insult about you, you're never going to be able to maintain your peace. Is that okay? But I'm saying that these are the things you cannot avoid as long as you're a human being. You can avoid them. So why allow man to control your life? Why allow gossip to control your spirit? No, no, no. He wants to give you the peace that passes all understanding at any point in time. Don't allow men to control you by the things they say about you. Mm. Hallelujah. One of my minister friends in those days to make a word said, Pastor David, why should I really bother about those who are trying to bite my back? With the backbiting. So anybody who is backbiting is trying to bite your back. You just keep on moving. You know what? Study the scriptures. You don't see any armor of God on your backside. Why? God takes care of your back. All the armor of God are in the front. Have you noticed that? Helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, sword of the spirit. You don't see anything behind you. Why? He keeps your back. He takes care of your back. Just keep moving. Don't think about those biting your back. Bite biters. God is going to take care of them. Are you sitting there with me? Praise God. So, this is why we lose our peace most times. Because we listen to what people say. We hear so much gossip about us. And the time you will take to concentrate on what God is saying, using them to fight war. So you're turning around to look for enemies to fight because they are biting your back. Give them over to God. He takes care of your back. He told God that the real reward of God's glory will follow us. He takes care of your back. That is why the armors of God are not behind, they are in front. Face the enemy that is coming ahead of you and not the one that is biting your back. Can I hear any man to that? Praise the Lord. Men will say things about you. All of it. You know, early last year, okay, early this year, I was talking with Mike, and he told me something that something is happening here. So what is that? He said people are saying a lot of things about the church. How can the church grow so fast? How can the church develop so fast? When did they come to this island? <laughs> and somebody came, as a matter of fact, to the church, and the mother of that individual warned that individual not to go back to that church. Is that not that church you are going to? Now the woman has not been to that church. How did she get to know about where the church is and who is the pastor of the church and so on and so forth? And I told him, anywhere there is progress, there must always be a talk. 
Is that okay? So you don't need to bother about that. Just concentrate. If, if at all people don't talk about you, then of course you are not living. But because even the dead, they talk about them. How many of you remember what I'm talking about? So why do you think people can talk about you? It doesn't matter what they say. It could be negative or positive. They found out you're a human being, they're going to talk about you. Even the dead, they talk about them. People talk about about you every day. Is he still alive? No. Somebody who is dead, but he talk about him. <laughs> Are you still there with me? Some will say, let the dead rest in their grave. No, they are not going to rest. If it is so, why are we talking about Nebuchadnezzar? Is he still alive? No. <laughs> the evil that men do lives after them. So the Bible says, so it's commonly said, the evil that men do lives after them. Am I right? Praise the Lord. But the good things you do, they go ahead of you. So there is no way you say, you don't talk about it. They are going to talk about you. Whether you are dead or you are alive. They are going to talk about you. Why do you do memorial for the people that are dead? You do memorial for them. You are talking about them. Am I correct? Praise God. <laughs> Amen. So the good that men do lives after them. But. I mean the evil that men do lives after them. But. The good things they do are entire with their bones. Normally. People don't talk about the good things you do, except for a few. The bottom line of what I'm saying is this: as long as you're a human being, somebody's going to talk about you. Am I right? <laughs> they look at you walking by, say, look, "Look at, look at her, look at the way she is behaving, as if she owns the world." You have not even said anything. You have not, you don't even know they are somewhere there just because you are walking the street. Look at the way she's walking. She's walking as if she owns the wall. What did they catch themselves? What, what, which one be you own? You have not said anything. You don't quarrel with anybody. But here are people talking about you. Nobody is going to live this life without somebody talking about that individual. It doesn't matter. Hmm? Hallelujah. So if you allow all those gossips to affect your spirit, what happens? You lose your peace. I'm trying to encourage somebody. You are hearing too much about what people say about you. You are never going to be able to have peace. You will not. Hallelujah. Are you still there? You know, sometimes you hear certain things about people. You're wondering, how did those information come out? Am I correct? How did they come out? You just, you don't understand. How did they come out? But all of a sudden you are hearing, saying certain things about some people. How did your information come out? They are not living with the people. They are not staying with them. No matter who you are, somebody is going to talk about you. Praise the living God. Hallelujah. Am I helping somebody? Okay. Let's move on to the next thing I would like to say. Another thing that will take away your peace is troubled time stroke false prophets. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Jeremiah chapter 8 again verse 15. This one will take away your peace in a speed. Eight fifteen, the book of Jeremiah verse 15. We look for peace. 
but no good came. And for a time of health, and behold, trouble. The snorting of his horses was heard from down. The whole land trembled at the sound of the nine of the strong ones. This is warfare now. For they are come and have devoured the land and all that is in it, the city and those that were therein. For behold, I will send seven carcasses among you, which will not be calmed, and they shall bite you, said the Lord. When I will comfort myself against sorrow, my heart is faint to me. And the next thing says, Behold, the voice of the cry of the daughter of my people, because them that dwell in a far country is not in the Lord in Zion, is not a king in her. Why have they provoked me to anger with their graven images and with strange vanities? And the next thing, the harvest is past, the summer is ended, and we are not saved. For the heart of the daughter of my people, and I heart, I'm the black astonishment are taking hold on me. If you go down and keep on reading, Bible now says there are no bam in Gilead, no physician there. Why then is the heart of the daughter of my people recovered? Why have you not recovered? The next thing. And it says, Oh, that my head were waters. The same cry of Jeremiah. Now, if you take time to reach all of these things, Jeremiah was saying all of this because they were false prophets that told them that they should be at peace. I mean, no matter what happened, very soon, God is going to set them free. God is going to deliver them and take them away from the midst of adversity. Prophets were there prophesying. Even saying Jeremiah was telling lies when Jeremiah said they were going to be in Babylon for even 70 years. So in times of trouble, you miss your peace. Especially when people come to prophesy to you that very soon you are going to be out of this problem. And now you find that the prophecy is not coming to pass. Are you listening to me? Praise God. When he says, Daniel Bam in Gilead, what he's trying to say, can God not save? Can God not do this? Can God not do that? So his people, why are we in the condition that we are? But some prophets have come to tell them, like, you don't need to worry yourself. You are not going to be in captivity. You are not going to be in the hand of the Assyrians. Prophets have come to say all of those things. But nothing has changed because God has ordained that this thing must come to pass. So in times of trouble, you lose your peace. Especially if you want to depend on the prophecy that will come to you from false prophets. Are you still there with me? Praise the Lord. And so it's very important that you understand what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to see if I can pack up this today. But there's just so much I need to share with you on this. Anyway, let's take this final scripture. Our time is up. Psalm 55, verse number 18. Let's just read this. Maybe I'll come back again, if need be. 55, verse number 18, 1-8. Hallelujah. He had delivered my soul in peace from the battle that was against me. For there were many with me. Many what? Many battles. Is that okay? 
But like Jeremiah was saying there, is there no bomb in Gilead? You know that what? Can't God deliver? And that's why the scripture tells us what we are considering is don't live under anxiety in everything. By prayer and supplication, give thanks to God. Let your prayer be made known unto God. And the God of peace. And here, David is saying, the Lord that redeemed my life in peace from the battle that was against me. Let me amplify. So that none came near me, for there were many who strove with me. A lot of people are striving with you to bring you down. But something is so obvious. God is not going to allow that to happen. He's going to deliver you from your hands. In the name of Jesus Christ. So just keep your peace. That's what I'm trying to make you see. So one of the things that makes you to lose your peace is when you continue to focus on those striving against you. When your attention is on those striving and warring against you. When every day all you see are people that are trying to bring you down. As long as you are in that realm, you are not going to have your peace. But God is telling us that he is able to redeem us. And David is saying this, listen. He has redeemed my life in peace from the battle that was against me. So that none came near me. Can I hear him? For there were many who strove with me. Not few. Listen. Whatever we call anointing. You can't be anointed and think you can be free. Every anointing attracts opposition. Are you still there with me? Every grace attracts opposition. As soon as it was known that David was chosen by God, his trouble started. How many of you understand what I'm saying? When he was keeping the animals, nobody knew about him. Nobody wanted to kill him like Saul did. Nobody talked about him. But as soon as he was out, anointed, King Goliath, as the case may be, his trouble began. Every grace God has given to you attracts opposition. And so if you allow the opposition to overwhelm you, you lose your peace. Can I hear an amen? I'm encouraging you through this message that you try to live your life based on what God has graced you for. Without thinking of the opposition and things that will ever happen. Hallelujah. I met a man here on Monday when we had a meeting in this place. And this was a man that we saw last 1996. If I when he go to this place, he was shot. And he said, ah, It's long, it's pretty long. I've not seen you. I didn't know you were in town. I'm surprised when I saw the invitation coming for this meeting. There was a meeting that was going on here. So the man came. I can't tell you what the man did when I was in the first place ministering with those people. I just can't describe. But when he got to this place, he was amazed. What am I trying to make you see? Every grace in your life will attract opposition. Every anointing in your life will attract opposition. In fact, the man or woman you are married to will attract opposition. For the ladies, the man you are married to, somebody was eyeing that man before you came in there. And they are not happy that you took their place. They never made it known. They never said it. Come on. Are you following what I'm talking about? The only wish, I wish that man could be my husband. 
They didn't come out to say, I would like to marry you. Maybe it was difficult for them. But since the man also was not a wish to know, he picked somebody else in your place who is wishing. Are you still there with me? And now you are angry with the person that was picked. Look at the way she's behaving. And all manner of things. This man did not even know this lady that she might be married now. He, if this man knew this woman, ah, he wouldn't marry her. All that now was because you wanted to be there, but you are not there. So even the man you married to can attract opposition. The woman you are married to can attract opposition. Maybe one man was eyeing that woman before you go in there. And the man too never said a word. So only greeting in the morning. How are you? How are you? <laughs> How are you? Are you following what I'm talking about? And then you came boldly and said, Hey sister, come on. I love you. I would like to marry you. And the thing clicked. And the man now is angry. This woman that I was thinking about. You were only thinking. You never did anything. Thinking will not solve your problem. Are you still there with me? Now you end up saying a matter of sin. Sometimes you can even go to the man and say, Hey, my brother, I pity you. Is that the woman you married? <laughs> if you know the genesis of that family, you won't go there. All because you couldn't get her. Are you following what I'm talking about? There is nothing good that comes to you in this life that does not attract opposition. Nothing. So stay cool in your head. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> stay cool in your head. Just allow the peace of God to calm your nerves. Let your sound mind be there so that you don't have rottenness of the bones. Hmm? Are you sitting there with me? Praise the living God. I mean, have I helped you in any way? I want you to understand these things. Envy, jealousy, betrayal, false prophecy, times of trouble, all these things, even the grace God has given to you, they attract opposition. So if you allow those things to affect your mind, you're going to lose the peace of God. If you allow those things to continue to control you, you lose the peace of God. But don't forget this. God will give us the peace that passes all, all understanding. No matter what happens, the peace of God will definitely overwhelm them. So I guarantee you that there is peace for you. I guarantee you by the infallible word of God that God has ordained and determined to give you peace in the name of Jesus. Can you please stand up? I just want you to see this. I want you to see this. I want you to see this. In a few moments, I need you to meditate. But some of you, because some of you, you've always been having this issue about what people say, about what people are talking about you, about the gossip that have gone on. Come on, come on. Have you ever gone to the place sometime and somebody has come to you? The person said, I think it was a witness, you know, so. And the person asked, which church? Say that church. Ah, I know the man and the wife. What do you know me for? Do I keep people? You talk, think about that. Are you following what I'm saying now? There is nothing nobody we talk about you for. I mean, as long as you are living, and I don't want those things to come into your head. I don't want those things to take the peace of God from your life. I just want you to pray in a moment. I want you to pray in a moment. I want you to pray in a moment. I want you to pray in a moment. Look at the way she's walking. Look at the way he's walking. He thinks he owns this life. There is nothing 
that you are going to do. There is no life you are going to live that men will not talk about. If you listen to everything people say, you will lose the peace of God in your life. <laughs> if you continue to pay attention to the gossip, the betrayers, you will lose the peace of God in your life. Thank you for listening to Dr. David Ogaga. We know you have been blessed by this station. You can share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information, inquiries, and free downloads, please visit www.davidogaga.org or you can send us an email admin at gkai.net. God bless you.